1: Online, on your mobile, and on FM.
2: From the home of time.
1: This
3: is Maritime Radio, Greenwich. When the red, red Robin comes, bob, bob, bobbing along, along. There'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his home. Sweet song, wake up. Get up, get up, get out of the bed. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red. Live, love, love and be happy. What if I be blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours. When he starts dropping his Home sweet song I'm just a kid Again, doing what I did again Singing a song When the red, red robin Comes, bob, bob, bobbing along
4: Good evening. Welcome to Cheltenham Live here on your Sunday evening uh, live from the Valley. My name is Louis Mendes and uh, on tonight's show we're going to be bringing you all the details after yesterday's uh, hugely frustrating 2-1 defeat at Northampton Town and of course yesterday's uh, momentous unity protest out over in Belgium uh, which uh, something like up to 300 Cheltenham fans attended. There's so much to talk about from that and we're going to talk about that on tonight's show. Joining me in the studio here... At the Valley to wallow in the misery of defeat and uh, bask in the uh, the warm glow of protest is, uh, is Tom Wallin. How are you doing Tom?
5: Brilliant, yeah, loving life. Yeah, loving life. League yeah. 2, here we come.
4: League 2, it's, uh, at least you survived the, uh, the, the fight. Like, yeah, that's yeah. true, yeah. You, you watch the fight. I came out of it better than David Hayden yeah. anyway. <laughs> uh, and joining the pair of us... Is uh, is Nathan Mullighan, Nathan? Yeah, living the dream. Finally yeah. enjoyed yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm yeah. being positive today. Yeah, and, and you turned up so positive. You turned up to the show one minute and twenty seven seconds before it was due to start. That's
6: how I roll, mate. Yeah, That's how
4: well, I roll. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. <laughs> uh, right. And I've got a watery, milky tea. Then you spent a minute <laughs> of that
5: making a cup of tea. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Prepared as always, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, like I so, say, on tonight's show, of course. Um, the, the, there's two main streams of, uh, and I don't mean that in a vinegar stream kind of way, uh, of, of uh, stuff we have to talk about uh, from, from yesterday. Um, those of us who were in England, we went to six fields and, and saw the, the team fall to their fourth straight defeated defeat uh, at Northampton, which sees us now just still six points above the relegation zone, but in a horrendous run of form. Uh, and of course, whilst that was going on, as as I mentioned earlier, there was uh, up to 300 Chantel fans uh, joined up with the St. Trudent fans over in uh, Roland Chatelet's hometown of St. Truiden uh, to join up uh, with with them and, and to protest against uh, the uh, Belgians' ownership of of the club. Uh, and we've got loads of stuff from that We've uh, One of the guys out there has done us a little audio diary And I've uh, the emails as well So if you want to email us on either of the subjects from, from yesterday uh, So either the game or maybe if you were part of the Unity protest we have already got a few emails from people who have gone out there If you let us know what your story was You can email us, studio at CharltonLive.co.uk Or you can tweet us at CharltonLive Or you can head over to the Charlton Life forum There's a thread on there uh, We want to know how your, how your trip out to Belgium went uh, so make sure you can furnish us with uh, with those details. Right, just before we play the the highlights, let's start off with the game from yesterday. Um, your, your final feelings at a full-time whistle there, Tom?
5: Angry, <laughs> gutted, frustrated, same old, really. Um, yeah. And just reiterates the fact that we're banging trouble now. Us, four defeats in a row. We're just, we're that team that are getting dragged into it this year. Again, um, yeah, just so so annoyed, just... They, they just didn't seem to offer anything. I didn't think. I uh, didn't didn't share the views of Carl after the game. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll hear those later. Yeah, just thought it was it was gutless. I thought half of them just just aren't good enough. The other half that uh, that have got the quality just, just aren't showing up.
4: Mm. How did uh, what was the reaction of the crowd around you? Na for full time poisonous. It was um
6: it was quite it was quite aggressive um because uh, for me the last twenty minutes uh, the game was so. It was so deflated. It was just—I don't know. It was like it felt like there was—they—they they didn't want to fight for an info. It was like every, if everything was done and dusted. The last mm. twenty minutes. I mean, apart from a little spell in the second half at the beginning when we had the succession of corners and stuff. I can't really remember too. I mean, we did create a couple of chances, but nothing where we were dominant.
5: Keeper um, had nothing to do. Did yeah,
6: he? we lost. We lost individual battles again, more or less. You know, everywhere on the pitch and. But yeah, I mean, and the fans weren't very happy at the end, which was always coming. I mean, even when we conceded the first goal, you know, poor old Deck was getting abused So for whatever reason, but
3: mm-hmm. um, mm.
6: yeah, so yeah, it's just a bit of a day. But it's it's come to a stage now; it's expected now. It's just so predictable. Right.
4: Well, we've sold it to you. Here's the highlights. <laughs> <laughs> back to Diamond, who
0: clears long, looking for Richards. Heads back to Smith. Back to Richards, who are combining well. Richards goes to his right hand side to find Phillips first time touch to take past Conson. he gets a decent looking ball in as well Smith with the header and there's the opening goal for Northampton Aaron Phillips with a lovely ball in Marcus Smith got the free header and it had to be the former child man
1: to give Northampton the lead yeah and that came because it was Ezri Conzer who followed the ball out here he was uh, trying to stick with Richards who brought him out Richards then put the ball left to look for Phillips who uh, was tanking on the outside on this near side here and Konza followed Richards followed Phillips or rather, and tried to get the tackle in to stop the cross coming in he didn't and as soon as that happened you got Matt Smith in the centre and I wouldn't say he was unmarked because Bauer was there or thereabouts but uh, Matt Smith is uh, a tall fella and he's a good header of the ball and that's why we're 1-0 down and will be Holmes to take the corner
0: in swinging delivery inside towards the six yard box and Konza gets a good save but there it is, and one on, on Charlton John Pataka with the finish from close range lovely ball in for Ricky Holmes found Konza at the back post came off the leg of Smith fell to
1: John Pataka he fired home for close range and Charlton level yeah, great work, good, good corner into the six yard box swinging in you had uh, Konza trying to be uh, impeded by Smith trying to stop the run happening he, uh, he managed to get there first he got some contact on it and the ball was sort of held up a little bit in the wind but he got enough contact to put it back into the middle of the six-yard box, uh, box and Jordan Pataka just swung a leg to the loose ball and there was no chance of anybody keeping that out after opening a few minutes which was uh, end-to-end stuff and Charlton came close to getting it on, Share's made a mistake yeah, there. Teixeira's just gifted the ball to Northampton
0: as Williams has it, Williams right to Smith, faced up by Lewis Page, but Smith will bring it forward inside the penalty overlapping is Phillips, Phillips crossing opportunity, gets it into a danger, Burn with the head away, it comes to O'Toole, goes to goal 2-1 Northampton Charlton again with their own doing, all away from Teixeira, it's picked up by Williams forward it went to Smith, on the overlap was Phillips, Phillips checked it in the box head away by Burn, but there was
1: John Joy all to finish I and mean, again, firstly the Teixeira mistake by just handing the ball to Williams and then the play down the left hand side the cross comes in uh, you could say Page could have done better to stop the cross coming in but once the cross is in you had Byrne his header away just went nowhere really just straight to the edge of the box and you had uh, no midfield man from Charlton anywhere near at all to stop him shooting brings the ball down tries to find Holmes on the overlap but he's uh, overcooked that Straight out of play, and that's time up, as far as I can see. Yeah, I think referees just told Taylor that as well. There
3: is the final whistle.
1: And Charlton have succumbed to their fourth successive defeat. Still winless in eight games. And the 1,400 travelling addicts will go back down here m one disappointed and possibly thinking of their fellow addicts in, in Belgium at this point. There's Charlton. Go down to a 2-1 defeat here at Northampton. And you do wonder what's going to happen from here. Northampton will overtake Charlton in the table. We'll have to see how results have gone elsewhere to see where Charlton figure in the table. It is potentially 19th, although we haven't seen the scores yet. I think, I think the
0: main thing is as well, Terry, if we didn't know it before, this is definitely a relegation battle now.
4: Yeah, Greg Studley having the final word there. And I, you have to agree with him. If, if it wasn't for a late Chesterfield winner at Swindon, which we hope now is going to take the wind out of Swindon's sails, we would have been five points off the relegation zone. If Swindon won that game, we could have been three points off the relegation zone. I mean, and on on the form we're on, there's absolutely no denying that we're now in a relegation battle.
5: Definitely. And uh, you, we talked the other day about people putting money on, on relegation as well. We know people that put it on only three or four weeks ago at 80 to one. And what were we last night when we looked? 15, 16 to one. Something, something Those like odds that. are dropping and dropping and the bookies aren't often wrong. And, uh, again three or four weeks ago we used the word fragile and, and i think carl said it yesterday as well we do we look so fragile we look all that confidence just goes as soon as we concede and talking earlier when we were talking about the the hay fight and kind of the comparing that to the iceland england game we look like that as well we just look so so scared of failing and we don't know how to get ourselves back into games when we do go behind and just like that england side did And uh, Unless we can figure that out in the next few games, we're we're bang in trouble.
4: Mm. Now, I mean, the team news before beforehand would have had you smiling. Cause you it your did. boy Olvestav was back in, um, and uh, along with Patrick Bauer coming back to share a drop, which is interesting. I thought, and Lewis Page coming in for Jack at left back, and you know these these change, we've changed around the team. It was it was still the four four two, but it wasn't. Um, now I, I didn't see any particular reaction from from what happened on Tuesday. now this was what I was talking about. I think in all by one last night mm. we got back to Houston. If if there's not going to be reaction, I mean Carl says there is, but I don't I don't agree with him at all. If there's not going to be reaction after what happened on Tuesday, where the, the the manager lays it on the line, tells tells the players you're not pulling your weight, this and that, that that is it. I mean that is like we say that is sink sink or swim now after that. And there was no reaction for me, and that's what's that's what's really worrying because. If there isn't after that, then what else, what else can we do to try and change this around?
6: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm with you. I don't see what... Chat, the only difference from Tuesday was that we didn't concede four. I don't see... Um, half
4: that. Yeah. Half it down to yeah halved it,
6: so then we just sort of keep going and then <laughs> eventually we'll have a clean sheet. But yeah, I mean, I couldn't see... I didn't see any anything different that I've seen the last few weeks. Um, how it changes, I don't know. It's Like you said, it's, it's down to the players now whether they put a shift in. Or um, and they they try and you know even if they do, if they, you know if, even if some of them don't want to be here next year or whatever you know they still got to try and play well a for pride and b to get a a job elsewhere a job a <laughs> contract elsewhere so I don't know but it's that they whatever it is it needs to happen fast um, as because as Greg's pointed out we're in a bit of a, a pickle now because that I, I never envisaged I, I think I even said it I don't think we we're going to go down about three weeks ago. When we were like four points off playoffs, and now we've we were we were delighted with Swindon conceding late on, which is just ridiculous. Yeah, because we would have been even worse
3: off. Yeah.
4: The the way the, the the game opened up really quietly. I think the most excitement we saw uh, was the steward getting knocked over by Ricky Holmes' <laughs> <laughs> Ricky Holmes' wayward <laughs> shot, which was, which was all good and fun. And then we had the uh, Gabriel Zac- Zac- Zacuani running into his own goalkeeper and hurting himself. Oh, yeah, yeah. But then like I say it was a really quiet opening in half an hour or so, and then it's Michael Smith former. Charlton player, and he only played once for us though in the FA Cup, which I believe was up at Halifax, if I remember yeah. rightly. Mm. Uh he he gets onto the header now if you if you're looking at the goal, I guess if you look at an individual battle, you're looking at Patrick Bauer not winning his header against his man, Smith was probably had a, a running start on Bauer Bauer was nearer towards the near post Smith came from the back of the area but he still beat him in the air and you know those one-on-one battles which, which Carl talks about on Tuesday if you're not going to win them then you're not going to win games
5: yeah definitely I, uh, I stand by what I said in terms of the performance I, I thought the whole team were to blame and we were, we were gutless and, and their hearts weren't in it but as a manager you could easily come out for both goals and say two mistakes cost us the game and aside from that it was 50-50 because it was it was that individual battle I think Konza pushed up, didn't he attract his man and Page kind of dropped in mm-hmm. alongside Bauer. Um, but the, it was a good cross, to be fair to him, but Bauer's just lost that battle and Smith plants a great header in the top corner and, and as Nath alluded to earlier, straight after that fans are getting on the back of Declan Rudd, but for me, I don't see what he could have done in that situation, he was berating his defence, he was mm-hmm. fuming, it might just be because he's the nearest person to the away fans and it's someone to shout at, yeah. but it was That was the fault, uh, fault of that goal, Lays with Bauer for me.
4: Yeah, I mean, and uh, you're right. I mean, the, the, the frustration in the away, I mean, I could see it was boiling up from from very early on with the, the incident with the flags. I mean, mm. from where we were sitting, I don't know from from behind the goal, you could have told, but um, the, the flags were covering advertising. That's the only reason they were being asked to be moved, and they got moved to the, the, the sort of bars behind them where there wasn't covering advertising. But that, that just seemed to get some of the crowd riled up there, and I think, I'm guessing, it, that some of the Northampton fans sort of celebrated a bit ferociously when they scored judging by the reaction of the Charlton fans some moments later Mm. Uh, but right so then Ricky Holmes um wins the corner now I thought Holmes was uh you know lively again you can't you can never fault his effort especially on his return to his former club uh he got given a good reception as well but he he forces the corner which goes over to the far post his Ezri gets his header uh saved by the goalkeeper and then there's Jordan Botaka to um acrobatically sort of sort of finish it um and you know if we're looking at a reaction then we, we will take the positive that we did react to that first goal well by winning corners and, and trying to be strong in the set of pieces
6: yeah no yeah and obviously he's making a bit of a habit now Jordan scoring isn't he so <laughs> maybe put him up front <laughs> um, but yeah no was, <clears throat> Ricky was obviously his usual self um, good deliveries and I think he tried a couple of pop shots as he would with the confidence he had I put five on him to get another hat trick which never happened <laughs> Um looking at 500 to 1 wasn't it or something but um yeah no, um, Bataka, I mean, he he, inf- he comes in and out of games. He, sometimes I think he slows the play down a little bit. But yeah no, we did we did let our edge drop as such. But I still think it won't, once we concede that first goal, it's hard for us to think that we're going to score two. And I think that I, th- I honestly think the players believe that as well. I think it can it can only be a mentality thing, which we said on the show before, didn't we? So yeah. But yeah, I don't. Know. I mean, and and then uh, and then when we had that flurry of corners at the second half, I, I said to Thomas I said. I think if we keep this you know this pressure up I think we might be able to do something here and then obviously I was proved wrong as
4: usual mm-hmm. uh, so half time Patrick Bower was uh, cried off sick I think it was, sounds like he was sick in, in, in the uh, in the dressing room at half time mm. we come out of the second half and like I said, we did have a flurry of corners at the start and then trying to put a little bit of pressure on them but as soon as, soon as they get the goal just be on the hour mark uh, I mean, we, we talk about the defending first. I mean, Texas giving it away, um, which was so sloppy. And then Nathan Burns' header didn't go anywhere, really. It's one of those low ones where you might have been tempted to volley it away if he, if he could get to it. But he ended up heading it away, and uh, O'Toole just, just finishes just on the edge of the box. And it was, it was the reaction to that. I mean, we talk about the reaction to the first goal, which was good. The reaction to the second goal was just... It, 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 you really have to question the morale and the desire when when you see the reaction that we saw for that for that last half an hour because we didn't we never looked like even having another shot on goal. It
5: was there was nothing. It was uh, it was completely non-existent, and that that's kind of what I mean, alluding back to to the Euros. You see that goal goes in, and they're just they're too scared. Then they don't they're out of ideas. They don't know what to do. They they're probably thinking we're getting closer to that relegation zone. People are looking round for, for leaders and th- this team just doesn't doesn't have any. No one at all, really. Crofts, maybe he's got a bit of experience, but there's no one there gearing those players up. And we don't... I know we always go back to the PAL side, so I'll try not to do that necessarily. But you look at the teams that have been successful at the Valley over the last 10, 15, 20 years. We've always had people in those teams that can drag other people through games and lead players. And you look around that team now, who's doing that? You know, Rudd, maybe, from, from the... Uh, goalkeeping position, but he's only be a- really able to master his back four. There's no one in that midfield really that's that's doing that job. And up front, M- McGuinness is sort of leads by example, I guess. But even he just looked. I don't know if he's just unfit, but he looks well out of shape he's, at the he's, moment. He's done nothing since he's come back Been from nothing injury, at all. That's,
4: no. that's enough worry. Now I was, I'm looking at my tweets going back from yesterday's game just to try and remember, just to try and bring up a chance. In between their goal on 61 minutes. Uh, on 64 minutes we put a free kick into the danger zone, between 64 minutes and the 87th minute, all I tweeted about was subs, because nothing was happening, and in the 87th minute they had a chance, In and then uh, they had a corner, and then I put up injury time, Tony Watt pushed someone over, that's all that happened, uh, we had a free kick on the halfway line, which we pumped forward, went nowhere full time, that was it, that last mm-hmm. 25 minutes, I mean, Terry Smith Club commentator put on Twitter yesterday that that last 20 minutes was some, one of the, some of the most distressing football he's ever seen, and he's, he's got a point because that was. I mean, if you're in a relegation battle, which we are, then you need to have more more fight than that.
6: Yeah, we we just had no idea. We didn't know what to do, and we've said we've been saying it for a while now. But that 20 minutes or that last half an hour, like you say, it was it was it was hard to watch. It was really painful. Mm. You mm. know, everyone was just it was silent. Everyone was sort of slouched. Everyone sort of knew what was going to happen, and. We were praying that something, anything, would happen, but it wasn't forthcoming. But yeah, I'd agree with Tell. It was it was pretty dire. Mm. It was literally you got the ball. They well, they got the ball, and you, you just didn't. They had no idea. They had no idea what to do with it. There was no movement. There was no. No sort of work, rate or anything. It was just nothing there. And it was just, it was really uncomfortable <laughs> to watch, I must admit.
4: Yeah, Freddie Saunders says, isn't it simply astonishing we're on this free fall. Early Jan, we were thinking about playoffs. This is so mm. shocking. I think we need a relegation saving manager. Uh, Carl Robinson has lost the dressing room and he's turned our defence into utter rubbish. Uh, London Inc. says, Slade was sacked today by, by Coventry. It's correct. Mm. Uh, but Robinson is still in a job. As Katrine would say, that's weird. Uh, Marion says she's going to listen. She can't listen in the evening, so she go catch a podcast. Very good of her. Uh, Roland, time to go. Says when was the last time one of our strikers scored a goal? And now I haven't You're got goodness, the stats. Yeah, I, the only thing I've been not was, Bristol, surely Is it the Bristol Rovers game? got a hat trick. Has he scored since then? Might, was, who, who it, scored against scored. Bolton? Bolton was uh, course, uh, was uh, Bauer and Bower and Burn. Yeah, defenders. What Rochdale? No, scored Tex, it can't be because that goodness. was like the 3rd of January wasn't it yeah so if someone can do the, the stats for us because uh, it's hard to check on air when the last time one of our, score- our strikers actually scored uh, and we're not counting Nicky or Jose scoring for Swindon before anyone sends that in <laughs> uh, and uh, hey Ho Rothko says seems we're missing Jason Pierce a lot a decent leader, no nonsense player Ba- uh, uh, the nose license type of player that we badly mm-hmm. miss. And I think we were talking about him possibly on the train yesterday. I mean, exactly the sort of player we need. Yeah,
5: I think we're, I tried to sort of work briefly through the team yesterday. And if you look at that back four, I don't think you can blame Byrne too much because he's playing out of position. Page kind of makes makes me yearn for Fox back at the moment. Again, it might just be a confidence thing. I know he's young, it's a new team. Tex and Bauer look just appalling, absolutely appalling for two defenders that were bossing the championship at some stages. Uh Conza came out of it with a bit of credit. I thought he he played okay. He's still young, he's still got that little bit of quality, but he needs someone better alongside him and Bauer and Tex just aren't. I don't. They're just not pulling their weight for me at the moment. They're making sloppy mistakes. We know Bauer's b- been prone to that the last few I few think, weeks. I, few think, months. I think
4: Bauer's been prone to that the whole time he's been Maybe, there. Maybe, yeah. yeah.
5: And as you say, Pierce, if Pierce and Conza were there, I I don't think it would necessarily make much a massive difference because of the the fragility of the entire team. But it would certainly shore things up a little bit.
4: Mm. Right. Let's get on to the Carl Robinson. Or uh, well, Katie Buckland says correct Bristol Rovers 2nd mm. of January was the last time one that's of our strikers scored
6: that's 10 games we he
4: yeah, got 3 in 1 though so oh, not go. all bad news <laughs> right, um, right it's time to listen to what Carl Robinson had to say after yesterday's game now basically I want you guys to react to this I want you to, to let me know what you think about what Carl Robinson said especially those of you who were at the game yesterday because Carl, Carl comes out and says he saw a reaction uh, after what happened on Tuesday and I want to know if you agree with that
0: Obviously, you must be really disappointed. You got the reaction first half when they went
7: ahead, yeah. but second half, did you not get the same? Oh, I, got, I got the work ethic. We'll, we'll have the stats to prove we had the work ethic. Um, I feel sorry for them. I feel sorry for everybody at the club at the moment. In some ways, um, they try every time. There's more effort put in. They go on one break. I don't remember them having another shot on target. In some ways. I've um, never seen some some goals onto our goal that goes in at the moment. And that's not a, a deflection of the goalkeeper because he can't do any more. Declan Woods almost tears there with with like he's devastated for a lone player. I've never seen somebody care so much. Um, and a lot of them in there for the first time. I've seen people really hurting. him. I think we're in a fragile place. Uh, I think there's been a long season. I think from obviously the, the relegation and, and going into this season has been a lot of things that are sort of accumulated in where we are today injuries, uh, Patrick bow was sick at half-time, had to come off, Lewis Page gets his ankle still on, uh, uh, Ricky Holmes ten minutes ago got his foot still on, a lot of things, Page is still not fit. fifth, Sol's been able to spend it today. There's so a lot of players who can come in, J 4 Kasky with his hamstring, whilst a lot of players out injured, the squad's getting stretched to the max, um, and I feel sorry for them. And if anyone's going to take the blame, blame me. I have to be strong enough and brave enough to take the blame for the team. Sometimes you have to be the shield behind the men that are behind that, um, and I'm willing to do that for them because do you know what I've seen a reaction since Tuesday evening uh, they were in Wednesday they were positive they've worked hard the subs who weren't involved they were in the middle everything everything, what everybody said was was there ok we got hit with a bit of a sucker punch in the first half um, the fans who turned out there was loads of fans yeah. there trying to support so I understand the frustrations I understand people might not like me or might not but I'm the one that should take the blame I'm the one that should take the criticism so and this is not talking is just, just facts of it it's not tactics I've played 4-4-2 4-2-3-1 4-3-3 I've tried everything with the group of players and uh, it's starting to rain on us now it shows you how bad player <laughs> I am um, <laughs> It, it off. so it does yeah uh, but listen I, I've got to say strong in, in in my support for them um, I can't ask no more from their effort today just every now and then things just aren't falling for them are they they are giving you enough then? yeah they are they are I questioned one or two mentalities your day and they came in on Wednesday and, and proved me wrong um, they said what they had to say. I had what I had to say. And you have to dig them p- things out sometimes. You have to sometimes dig out the root of problems rather than just dealing with the the things in the periphery of that. And they've come out. They've given the support in the in the, in the performance. They're just not quite there. Things just don't drop or fall. We've got to keep believing. I just said to him, it's not of a man is not how strong or how quick you run. It's how strong you are internally, and how, how much bottle you've got against adversity to keep doing the right things. And that's I mean, what I know n- I
0: you're one of the most positive people I think I've seen in football. Are you finding that even being tested
7: at the moment? No, not at all. No, it's a challenge that we, that we all have to face. It's one of them ones where we have to stay strong as a group. Um, whatever whatever happens around this, that's, that's for other people to answer them questions. But right now you have to say, positive. we, uh, we inherited this. This is the thing that was always going to be changing of a culture. I've seen a change in, in emotion on Wednesday. I really did. Um, but blame me. I'm, I'm the manager. I'm the one who has to take the criticism. And 1,400 fans
0: came here today. you got Scunthorpe coming on Tuesday, haven't you? Mm. you expecting the same sort of response
7: you got from the crowd today when you get down to the Valley Tuesday? The second that I walked in, they've been outstanding with the support they've shown to the players. I don't think any player can say that they've not sang and supported them. Are we are they frustrated 100%? Are we frustrated equally? Um, and it doesn't matter who you are as a manager, you, you go through difficult times. I've had that seem to be for, for a the this, this season in some ways. And um, I get the, f- the fragility in the group in some ways, um, but I have to stay strong, I have to stay strong. So what I believe is right, and uh, I have to stick by my players today, and I will do. I say I'm the one that should be taking the blame, not them. Thank you.
4: In terms of the, the Page and bow, stuff, do you know the, the illness for bow not too serious? Or?
7: Uh, well, he was sick at half-time, so we have to wait and see how he reacts over the next 24 uh, hours. Page jumped up, and he just landed on his ankle, and his, ankle. his ankle's really swollen there, so again, we'll know more tomorrow.
4: Um, obviously you talked about the fans that come in and I know it's probably something that doesn't really concern you but obviously the fans have gone over to Belgium as well today so is that something you try and not pay too much attention to uh, as a football uh, manager? No,
7: because, as I say, we live in a world of freedom of speech so everyone has the freedom to do whatever they need to do um, but we're employed to win games of football and we're not doing that at the moment and that's what they're employed to do they're employed to worry about what goes on inside them white lines uh, anything out external to them that's everybody else's prerogative. That's everybody else's freedom of speech. But we have to stay strong as a team and believe in, in in their talent. and hopefully they'll do so and get some results. In terms of, like you said, the reaction you had from
4: Tuesday, the last the last 20 minutes in today that you're trying to push for any equaliser, I don't know if that, that many chances have been created. No, in, in you could see time. me
7: shouting and trying to get them to go up and but it's hard it's hard for them I think when they feel they go behind a little bit fortuitously in some ways when you sit at the time we know why the goals are in we've spoken about that and turning I'm not going to come out and say why here but uh, listen we, we have to be strong like I say we've got the size of the man It's what's inside them what happens between now and Tuesday to get that, that result against they've got to plan a team and they've got to recover and get themselves ready to go again
1: Going to be swinging into the into the box. It's a flick on from McGinnis. Yeah! Oh, Charlton have grabbed the equaliser. I think it could have been Bauer on the line, but McGinnis's initial header. And quite how we've done it, I've no idea. But Charlton are back on level terms. The home,
7: of time.
4: the home of time, this is Maritime
7: Radio, Greenwich. Ah! <laughs>
4: Help! Charlton Live! <laughs> Welcome back to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio, just heard there from uh, the Addicts manager Carl Robinson speaking after yesterday's defeat at Northampton Town. Now, I wanted to know what you guys made of the um, reaction of, of, of the manager, because I mean, while, even while I was standing, I was thinking... I mean. You're, when, when you hear managers speak, I mean, they, they don't always come out and say what's on their mind. Sometimes they're thinking, right, I need to protect the players. And I think that's what he's gone for today. I think he's, he's had his say on, on Tuesday and told them they're all rubbish. Now I think he's come out and tried to protect them. Despite, I mean, but for me, to come out and say there was a reaction yesterday, unless you're doing that to protect the players, then, <laughs> then there'd be no other reason to do that because there clearly wasn't
5: no no there wasn't at all Um, I I don't know what he thinks he saw Um, as you say it might just be that he's protecting them but for me uh, if he's already gone there uh, and sort of ratted them out then why not continue if they're going to keep putting in these bad performances we're we're where we are now there's nothing he can do he's already said it once so if the players are not playing for him there's nothing to say that he's going to get them back on side anyway so Mm. uh, for me he's just got to be honest and, and I don't think he was yesterday and I think that's why a lot of people are, are disgruntled with him because he seems to say one thing one week and one thing the next and I think people are already starting to look at him as as the problem
4: mm. uh, Freddie Saunders says Carl Robinson uh, said I didn't see another shot on target to be honest stats show they had seven I'm fed up with this empty rhetoric it's useless uh, and then Freddie uh, well I'm going to have to clean this one up slightly Freddie <laughs> uh, says uh, Carl Robinson is joking uh, excuse <laughs> the language <laughs> but, but if yesterday was a reaction what does not reacting? Look like, And I said if yesterday was a reaction, the only reaction he could have seen yesterday was an allergic reaction to being good at football. But uh, Freddie goes, uh, Robinson opening his mouth makes me angry, I really hate him. A mouthpiece he drag- whilst he drags us into League 2 with Roland and Katrine. Roland time to go, says Kyle talks absolute rubbish, he can't keep up with his own lies, he's lost the dressing room. And clearly, as most fans as well, Billy says, couldn't believe that Robinson said there was a reaction from Tuesday. That last 20 minutes was worse than Dagenham and Redbridge in 2011. Uh one Exile says, you know what, the team and Carl Robinson don't deserve a response anymore. So I've asked if anyone wanted to respond to that. to so that interview by Carl and, um, and then Pedro Rock said, come out and said, surely Carl Robinson hasn't lost the dressing room already. I mean, so, so what, what do you think, do, do, do you think there's signs that he's lost the dressing room? I mean, <laughs> Losing the dressing room and us playing fo- uh, us playing badly aren't necessarily the same thing, are they? So the, it doesn't necessarily mean he's lost the dressing room.
6: Uh, I think he's probably lost some. I don't think he's lost all of them, um, but I think the ones that he has lost are uh, a possible. You know, they're, they're, when you have when you fric- when you have friction between, even if it's a couple of players, you can tell there's an atmosphere, and it's not when it's not a happy place. It's not a happy training ground, and you're not really, you can't really expect to be storming up the league. So. Um, I think what he said on Tuesday I don't think I think a couple of players would have pulled up their socks and got on with it but I think it would I don't think it would have went down too well with a couple of them so Mm. I think yeah I think he's had a couple but I don't think all all of them
4: um, While we were waiting around for the interviews after the game yesterday now this is um, we we were sort of hanging around and the players start coming out in dribs and drabs and someone sort of mentioned to me saying oh it's interesting which in particular players haven't come out Mm. so now, obviously, there might have, there could be many reasons why they didn't come out to warm down with the rest of them. But then, you, or it could be they could be getting a little bit of a telling off, who knows? Or a little need a little bit of extra coaching after the game. we were looking at the fact that Teixeira didn't come out, and the Guinness didn't come out, just a couple of them that we're keeping an eye on. And then, like I said, they were coming out in dribs and drabs and all looking quite miserable until Tony Watt came out, and just just it was just a bizarre reaction from him. He sort of came out, sort of like. Singing to himself and skipped over the rope as if he was happy as Larry, which, which I felt was a really weird reaction to to, to have at full time uh, when uh, when you've just lost uh, lost again. Uh, now we've got plenty of messages. Obviously, we want to get we want to talk about all the messages on the game, and later on uh, we're going to talk about yesterday's protest out in out in Belgium. We had a, an undercover uh, reporter for us there. Uh, he's he's uh, recorded a diary and, and uh, spoken with lots of lots of uh, people who'd gone out on that on that trip. So we'll hear that later on the show. But anyway, let's let's go to the uh, the messages. Matt Morse says, uh, "Hi all. I was at Northampton yesterday before the game. I saw Chicks warm up and thought he'd play, but not Page. Hopefully on Tuesday with Solly back, Burn could play right wing and possible Aribo uh, in midfield. Now I think the Chicks and thing he, has, he is still coming back from his injuries. so right. Be a case of whether I, I would have been surprised to have seen if he'd started started yesterday." Uh, right, let's get on to the game emails first. Chris Daven, now, this one's, I, I read this one earlier, it starts with a challenge to us, guys, so warm up. Uh, Chris Davin says, so boys, another day, another inglorious defeat. Are you still adamant that we stick with this loser managing our team? Answers? Yes. Yeah. I don't, I, I mean, uh, who who are you going to get in?
6: Who would we get in? Russell's like? available again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I know what he's saying, and I know what a lot of people are saying, and but... I just don't know. Is it guaranteed that we're gonna get someone? What if we get a new person in, and if they, would they be part of the network or not? Is are, is it, are they really going to save our season? Mm. It's all it's all in hindsight, isn't it? But uh, yeah, I think we should still sit the, with him.
5: The way I see it is that come August September when the next season starts, I think a Carl Robinson led Charlton. With a summer behind him, having bought Carl Robinson-style players, is the right way yeah, forward yeah. for Charlton. If we've, we were,
4: if we were that, time, we we've got to get yeah. through the
5: rest of this season either way. So, and he's going to have to do it because if he's then given that time, I think that's right. Uh, I don't agree that what's what we're seeing now is good enough. I don't agree with some of the stuff he's saying, but I do think going forward, stability under him is the way forward, and that's why I'm still backing him. As frustrating as it is to hear him come out with comments like that. Uh,
4: Chris's email continued, if the players are passionless and gutless, surely it's the manager's fault if he can't motivate them. His public slagging off of the players did a world of good, didn't it? Uh, If the happy event happens and RD sells up, would you want the new regime to keep Mr. Robinson then? I mean, for me, I mean if there was an i i still think the majority of the problems here are based around the fact that the squad the managers don't get supported properly in terms of squad so you know i'd, I'd be willing to give robinson a chance there. i mean but then when you're talking about short termism and we do need a short termism now because of the the, the last the, the, where we are in the season Obviously, he has to do a lot more than what he's doing now. But I just don't, see, I just can't see anyone else coming in and, and turning it that quickly. I might be proved wrong if it did happen, but who knows? Um, uh, he now has an even worse record than Carol Fry in the division below. Even the players he has bought in, by and large, have been uh, poor. Uh, He's turned a solid defence into a shambles. Now we have to rely on results going our way to stay up. Has it come to this? I want Roland out as much as anyone. I never wanted him in from the start. The fact that he owned multiple clubs was and is wrong in my book, so never welcomed him. I wasn't singing the Jose Riga song after 20 minutes of his first game in charge after the disgraceful treatment of Powell. Obviously, never thought it would... Excuse me, it would go so far wrong, but uh, it, but it has. But that doesn't mean when the manager has been as bad as Les Reed, I want to stick with him. Robinson out. Who do we get in? Who cares? Uh, Congo Chris or the Hungarian bloke? At least I would shut up occasionally, and not be a media. Uh, I can't say that word. Uh, <laughs> Robbo, time to st- stick off the the useless real life. Uh, Mike Bassett. So that's from Chris Dammond. Thanks for your, your email, uh, Chris. This one's from Robert Chilvers. Hi, I really don't know where we go from here. The whole place is a shambles. Carl uh, Robinson talks so much he ends up contradicting himself. The really good managers, Ferguson, Marino, w- uh, Wenger, deflect away from a poor performance by saying something controversial about the ref or other teams so that the focus is taken away from their own team. Then they work quietly behind the scenes to get it right. No manager should ever berate his players in public like Carl did after Shrewsbury. He is now working overtime to get the players back on his side, a pointless exercise, I believe surely it 's the only time surely it is only the we learned lesson statement that is stopping Carl Robertson getting the sack, but Roland and katrine couldn 't really look any more foolish than they do now. personally, I would somehow persuade Jacko to take the reins until the end of the season and beyond if he wants, although he probably has more sense than that <laughs> would you see Jacko it, i mean Personally, I'd I'd hate him to be thrown into this Mm. mess, really. I
5: think, yeah, future, I think obviously we would love him here, we've got that history of doing that with with players in the past. Um, I I do agree that if we're going to carry on with Carl into next year, there's no reason that Jacko can't get the players fired up for the next seven or eight games, but then he's had that kind of coaching role for the past month or so as well, so he's that one player that is still a leader here, you know, Solly, again, leads by example but not so talkative, but Jacko, you would think around the training ground is that person to try and bring all those players together. And when he's coming out and backing up the manager and saying, do you know what, these players, some of them just aren't that interested, then you look at that and think, well, what is there that you can do? If those players are feeling like that, we've just got to get a win from somewhere and get those players out and rebuild.
4: Tim Jackson said, where did Robbo get that they had that they tried hard with work ethic? That was absolutely bewildering. Who worked hard other than Holmes? Maybe Chixon uh, when he came on. Um, Uh, Matthew says I'm saddened by the situation our football club is in but proud of the 1400 fans who travelled to Northampton and the 300 fans who travelled to Belgium of course that was the unity protest which we'll be coming on to very shortly on the show Uh, have you met James says the fat man has lost it excuses are the same bingo anyone and then Freddie Saunders on suggesting a new manager says, Jose Riga, also what will we have to lose? We're already going down. We aren't picking up any points. Look at the games. Now, obviously, I mean, people you kind of... Jose Ariga had came in with exactly the same job last season and didn't keep us up. So, I see no reason why he'd be able to keep us up this season. Yeah,
6: no. He, sure. came,
4: he came in with a much stronger squad yeah. way, when he kept us up the first time. Well, he want to come back. Nah, no, I mean, also he wouldn't. Yeah, well, I don't know. I said that last time.
6: <laughs> yeah, that's right. I, mean. I mean, it's sort of... Um, but that's what I mean so we've really apart from Riga who else is there really there's, there's no one and I don't think what's Riga going to do with these players I just, how I, is he going to motivate yeah. them instead of what we've got at the moment
5: I, I just don't I don't get wanting Carl to go I understand that this is this is how Charlton works at the moment we just sack a manager when they have a few bad games but He's not the problem. Yeah. He's just not. I, I can't believe that. But he... at the
4: same time, I remember I remember saying about Carroll when he was here. Like you know, we we know the squads aren't good enough. But when mm. it's base, when it's basic, runs runs the results, which we are, we are on now. You can see, I I can see why people are calling for it now. Like I say, I'm still against it, but I can yeah. see why.
5: Yeah, uh, and as I say, I do understand why people get annoyed with what he says in in press conferences mm. and in interviews and stuff. I just think like nave says I can't see who we're going to get in that's going to make any difference for mm. the rest of this
4: season uh, Joe Russell says I've given the man the benefit of the doubt but to walk down the tunnel and not even bother to come and apologise for such a bad performance says it all uh, to me Jonathan Avis says I think Charlton have a poor manager and coaches and scouts and owner and CEO the club is rotten right through and league 2 Beckons. Jonathan uh, Kerrin says, Evening Team, despite yesterday's result, I just wanted to extend my gratitude to Dylan Phillips and Carl Robinson. During the warm-up, my three-year-old daughter was hit by a stray ball into the stand. Dylan immediately came over to check on her and apologised, and said he'd return in a bit to check on her again. Then Carl came over to check on her too, and very kindly gave her a shirt, followed by Dylan who signed his gloves for her. She was overwhelmed, and after sleeping uh, on me for the first half, bracket's a good choice, (laughs) she woke up for the second half happy and joined in singing, despite uh, uh, despite the result, there are still people at the club who do care, and I was too shy at the time to speak to Dylan and Carl. She spent the morning today enthusiastically talking about her day out at the football and excited for her next match. So hopeful for better fortunes for the club next uh, next season. That's from John. So I mean, that, that's, that's that's some some good news to hear about on the show tonight. And, and obviously, the uh, Carl and Dylan's done the right thing there. Uh, we don't you a uh, lot. Like Dylan Phillips, a good good player.
6: Yeah, yeah. No, he's um yeah decent. Be interesting to see what happens next year. Um, Obviously, I can't see Rudd <laughs> coming back. Yeah. Even if we do stay up, I can't see him coming back anytime soon with the abuse he got on Saturday. Um, but yeah, so will he be number one next year? I don't know. Who knows? But um, obviously, only Cole, well, whoever the manager of that is, uh, can, can answer that. But yeah, from w- when Dylan came in and that little spell that he had, I thought we don't. I don't even think. Thought he did well. Yeah, I thought he done very well. I mean, and we, had, that, that, we was right in the middle of. We went through a nice little run as well, didn't we? Mm. So, yeah, no, it's, it's it's good. He just needs game times now. He's at that age. He's, he's still quite young, but he does need games. And it's just unfortunate he couldn't go out and
4: home this. Year.
5: You see the difference it made to Pope, don't you, when he went to York yeah. and played all those games.
4: Mm. Yeah, right, Zaki uh, emails in and says Went to the game yesterday The last half an hour was dreadful Robinson says he couldn't remember Northampton having another shot on target disp- uh, Besides the goals uh, What game was he watching? He seems to say something bizarre In every post-match I mean, that, that they never had, had another shot on target It's one of his favourites He's used that mm-hmm. three or four times uh, hoping we'll cling on to a place in League One. This is the, possibly the lowest I've ever felt as a Charlton fan. Uh, and he goes on to say, thanks to all who went to Belgium. The only thing that gives me encouragement at the moment is the amount of great fans we have. Uh, just sell the club. He signs off with their Zaki after the game. Um, uh, Freddie Saunders says, Jose Riga just a dig, but we are going down no matter what happens. Uh, so there you go. Right. Um, we've, we've mentioned it a few times, now, but yesterday uh, saw the... Uh, the unity protests out in, in Belgium between uh, card the Belgian 20 and war women against the regime uh, they all went out to Belgium uh, organized months in advance organized uh, up, up to 300 fans by the they also joined up with some trudent's uh, newly formed uh, protest group called grass who also they're, they're protesting asking for Roland to run their team competitively and if he doesn't want to uh, then then to sell the club by it good luck with that yeah <laughs> and so uh, so uh, so a huge day uh, of, of protesting and we, and we with with the amount of fans going over to to Belgium we knew that this was going to be one of the sort of special childhood events of, of the uh, of, of the last few years, and one of those ones that could potentially go down in history. And I think either way, you know, whether Roland sells within the next year, whether he sells within the next fifty years, you know, it will still it will still go down as one of the more memorable uh, childhood events in history. Now, um, none of us were able to go. We'd already ourselves working at Northampton. You two had already committed to Northampton. Uh, but I got in contact with uh, Joe Reed, who we had on the show a few weeks ago. He's uh, uh, training up to become a journalist himself. So I thought this would be some very good. Uh, or practice for him but also he's got some good contacts he, in the in card because he's very much a member of card so joe reed uh, went out to belgium yesterday and he recorded this the protest diary from yesterday's unity protest
2: recently charlton live was undercover with louis and nathan making their way to the west ham game to see manchester city but today it's charlton live on tour we're off to belgium The time is 6.15 a.m., and like clockwork, off we go on the way to Belgium, with a sense of anticipation building the air in a dark anchor and hope lane. We are with Heather Alderson from CARD. Well, it took a bit of organising, but we uh, we got there. We got there. We got there. We've got 109 sausage sandwiches, including vegetarian options. We've handed out leaflets. Everybody's here. In fact, everybody was here 10 minutes early. They're that eager to get going and make our feelings known to Roland. Yeah, well... We have a we have uh, negated one disaster. I uh, have my. Was that you getting out bed early, Joe? Not, not that one. I meant the fact that I had my passport, unlike the uh, first Belgium trip 13 months ago, ah, yeah, where I decided to leave that at home. (laughs) Eva, what do you make of the? uh... The comments from De Chatelet. Chatele, uh, what, the, uh, the vinegar pisser? Vinegar con- pissers, that's Yeah, that, I mean, having been called stupid people, I suppose it's going to be difficult for him to think of other insults for us, but obviously they were flowing off his tongue, and yeah, apparently we're a bunch of vinegar pissers. Well, certainly that's going to motivate me to have a good shout at him later today.
3: It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up.
2: well the time is quarter past seven we're now charging through kent on the way to folkestone from our second pickup point which was Ebbsfleet. we've got a, a few more to uh, pick up at folkestone but we're now two coaches in convoy oh. many fans like to go and watch their clubs in europe but uh, i didn't quite expect it like this we're here with clive harris who's Pretty much done all the legwork for the for the trip. You believe it's come to this? Uh, as we pull out, yeah. I've had a, it's it, it's been interesting. It's quite exciting, um,
1: but it's just good to be part of uh, such a large group of Chong fans who are all committed for the same thing. So yeah, it's been worth it. Yeah.
2: You say pull out? We should say we are literally leaving the dock right now from Dover. Next stop is yeah. we get to Calais and then we head straight down towards uh, St Troydon uh, where we're going to um,
1: uh, enjoy the hospitality of the local people listen to some music from protest band 2% and then alongside uh, St Troydon fans who are as pretty much as dissatisfied as the rest of us uh, we should be marching uh, thankfully with the, the will of the local authorities and the police and we'll be marching to the ground by
0: the way that's so much fall or the, the back of the stand behind the goal on the right and across that other side I think that's a massive statement that regardless of, of many going to Belgium as well you've got many turning up to the game and it's it's almost like it, it feels like a joint
1: effort if you know what I mean it's, it's yeah. two different two different areas but one heart good call I like can we use that <laughs> two different places one heart I like that write it down you can use that Okay. I'll let you have that even though you said it, uh, two different places, one half, uh, and that's fair. And, and you're right. This today does have a strange well, not strange feel. That's not the right word. But it does have a feeling that something, something's happening today. Yeah, and obviously it is uh, because of the uh, combined uh, fans. Uh, one going, one uh, some going to um, Belgium, some coming here to Northampton. But it's it does have a, a fairly special feel about today. Uh, can't put your finger on it. It's one of those sort of days where. Uh, you can uh, maybe look back in history and say uh, where you were on, that, on this particular day. Um, that sort of feel. It, it sounds a bit strange, but uh, hopefully you get what I mean. But uh, that's the sort of vibe coming out of today.
2: So we're here at the bar in St. Triadin where the 2% are playing their set with Rich Pemberton. Rich, out here in Belgium with 200 people listening to a protest band that was formed because of Rodent. Hard oh, really to believe it's come to this. It has really, particularly on a match day when you have got uh, you know free coaches and stuff off to Northampton.
0: It's, uh, I think it makes quite a statement that so many people have, uh, have got the club so much at their heart
2: that they want to to come over here and, and make their feelings known. Yeah, we should mention Northampton really because we're hearing lots of reports of you know, protest banners, protest songs, and it seems like the unity protest has sort of garnered that support again, really. Very much so, and it's uh, good to hear that it's united not just in Belgium but uh, but over in uh, Sixfields. and we should say behind the uh, behind the band there is a screen with a live stream of the match with a Facebook live so even though we're in Belgium we're still still supporting the team very much so yeah and uh, there's been uh, plenty of talk about the game and uh, plenty of talk about the uh, formation that
0: uh, the Robbers has chosen but in reality we're here for one purpose and that's to get our message across
2: uh, once again uh, here in Belgium so many people have come I think 200 might be a little bit restoration. So yeah, no, it's fantastic sure. stuff. Right then, next up is the march.
3: We hard and we were running We
2: and out. Here at the front of the march with Chief Steward and Chair of the Supporters Trust, Rich Wiseman. Pretty incredible scenes, right? It is, and the rain stopped just in time. It's wonderful. Good to see some Centurion uh, fans joining us. Yeah, that's terrific. They've joined in. Um, I think it's their first demonstration, is it not? Um, and we're really proud they've joined in with us. And it's a really good, humored event. more and more vociferous as we go and we'll be enjoying by more and more St. Truden fans. Numbers probably in the region of 300 at the moment. With lots of onlookers wishing us well. I'm here with Steve White, Charlton fan, on the march in St. Truden. Really picking up the noise now.
0: Yeah, we just got to get him out. You can't have someone in charge of a football club that doesn't want to win games. If the FA and the Football League won't do something about it, then we've got to try and do something, because everything comes from that. If you've got an owner that doesn't want to win games, then the manager doesn't care, the players don't care, no-one
2: cares. If there was one moment that sticks out for you as why you want him out,
0: you name it it's it's basically what he said he doesn't care if you win games and if he doesn't care if you win games nothing can ever be right it all comes from there it all stems from there
2: the time is 3 o'clock on the day after the unity protest that went so successfully yesterday we're currently in Eek on our way home just for a little stop-off before we head to Calais to get on the ferry. After the protest last night, we went for the St. Truden game to watch Igor Retikali score and then get stretched off, so hopefully that's nothing too serious. And then after that, it was a beer or two or seven to celebrate what we thought was a fairly successful protest.
0: And Overstead now for Chong. Non-board forward looking for Jose. He's cut out by Townsend. It'll fall to lookman Good touch from Lookman on his left foot. Adamo Lukman. Oh, oh, goal! goal oh, ho, ho. Adamo Lippmann. What a belter. That's an absolute worldie from Adamo Lukman. Picks it out. It's a clearance from Townsend. Fail to lookman on the edge of the box. Cuts in on his left foot. Goes to the goal. And finds the top corner. Top left corner. Leave Daniels with no chance. Lookman with an absolute stunner in the FA Cup.
1: From, the home, of From time, the home of time. This is Maritime Radio, Greenwich.
0: Some people think I'm bonkers, but I
1: just think I'm and I'm just
3: living my life. There's nothing crazy about me.
4: Charlton Live. <laughs> Welcome back, Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. So we heard yesterday's. Uh, uh, audio diary of of the trip to um, of Belgium, the unity protest that was from Joe Reed and and many others who were out there uh, uh, protesting for the for what they see as the, the future of of uh, of their club. Uh, and uh, I mean, we, we we've seen all the the media coverage they've got. They've had uh, film crews from BBC and from ITV out there with them. Um, newspapers out in Belgium, newspapers over here getting involved. I'd probably achieve what they wanted to achieve.
5: Yeah, just uh, an unbelievable effort from them. Um, card themselves obviously been a little more quiet since the the taxi and the and the pigs um but have have obviously together with with those other groups put this together and it's just it's brilliant the fact that people are are still able to do it you know that the apathy hasn't set in enough to stop them they're not giving up um and yeah i think it has it's raised publicity i mean we'll see what the (coughs) The articles are like in the, in the papers this week I'm sure people are going to be writing about it and sounds like it's going to be on local news I think um, so that's going to help and last time they went out there they upset him so we'll see what the reaction from uh, Roland is. Well uh,
4: the, the, there was a bit of a reaction from him in the build-up and mm. he, he used a, a phrase which uh, when, when literally translated into <laughs> English the literal translation uh, was uh, vinegar pissers. Mm. um the 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 actual meaning by is like a sourpuss or you know a grump he says there 's grumps in every club there 's there 's people what urinate vinegar in every club mm. him yeah <laughs> i mean i mean obviously the the i 'm sure the club wanted to try and keep him quiet after all the other times he spoke of mm. it were unable to once again uh, and and comments like that just show that he, he still he still doesn 't seem to get it i mean it, Obviously, it's not just results, but the fact is that under, under Roland's uh, stewardship of this club, we've we've just got we've got relegated from the championship, uh, and we're definitely going to finish in the bottom half of of, of League One by the looks of it. Mm. If not, go down again.
6: Yeah, and he keeps biting, so we're obviously um, he's getting under his skin, aren't they? So, uh, but yeah, I followed it. Um, I had I, I a look at it this morning in, on on the forums and stuff, and it looked quite really well organised, well drilled, and. Um they managed to see Eagle score, which was incredible. Yeah. <laughs> and then got stretched it off, which was the irony was, was more standard. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's uh it looked like it was um Quite successful on their part, and obviously, Joe done really well on that diary thing. Yeah, I well, so.
4: I wanted to find out the stories from the, from, from the people who went out there. And obviously, like I said, we, we've heard on the, those interviews on the diary, but there's uh, plenty of emails and, and messages and whatnot that have come in as well. So, on the Chapman Life Forum, Cantor's Addict says, I was in Belgium for the Unity protest. We had the commentary playing of the game on the coach and a stream on in the bar. That clearly shows that we support the team and not the regime. It's a very good protest. The point was made very clearly. It's extremely well organised, thanks to Card and the B20 and everyone else behind. The scenes now. I've got plenty of emails as well. Start off with this one from Danny, uh, Danny Williams. He says, As a member of the 2% band and of the Belgium 20, this weekend has been planned and prepared over weeks and weeks, and I've never been prouder to be a Cholton fan. It really hit home as I was standing outside the venue as the band were waiting to start the set as we wanted the coaches to arrive. We pushed back the time more and more, waiting nervously to start, and then to see at least 150 Cholton fans come marching down this little St. Uh, street gave me goosebumps. We crammed everyone in, uh, filled their plates with food and got the beers in, and we kicked up the music. And the fans that spent six hours on the coach and were up at 6am came to life and what a set and what a day. A memory I will never forget and an opportunity I will honestly thank Roland for. A truly special moment. The march was loud and proud. The fans perfectly behaved. Locals came out of their front doors and clapped and waved us on. Uh, St Troydon fans in fine voice with us. A truly special moment in Chapman's history. Credit goes to the Belgian 20 for organising the venue, the food, and the march and accommodating. Uh, accommodation for those travelling, and card for gathering the masses, ensuring full exposure of the protests, and to ensure Roland was embarrassed as much as he can be, and of course for John Barnes for being a quality songwriter, Charlton is more than just a rich man's toys. Now, uh, the point i pick up from there is the reaction of the locals. Now, I think mm. Roland certainly prides himself on being being a big a big man in, in St. Troiden, and the fact that so many of the locals, by the sounds of it came out, and joined in the protest against him, surely he won't have enjoyed that.
5: No, he won't, and, and that's what we've said before, you know, <laughs> that the humiliation really seems to get to him when we go to his home and from the sound of things the locals aren't, aren't that happy, either aren't that happy with him directly or, or see what we're doing and why we're doing it um, but either way they seem to be on our side yesterday which is great and as they said then it's just the effort that these people have gone to not only to arrange it but then that early start and some people went there and back in a day so we're yeah. literally in Belgium for two or three hours just to, to hit home that point and that shouldn't be underestimated at all because like Terry says, and I, and I hope it is, m- maybe we'll look back on that as a bit of a historic day in the club's history. I mean, obviously, only time will tell that, but mm. those people should be proud of what they did, definitely, because it's just such a big achievement.
4: I mean, do you think it's going to have an effect on, on whether Roland sells? I mean, obviously, you know, the, the, there's been a lot of protests out. I guess every, every little one is just another way of chipping away. And Card's statement last week said, uh, you know, on, on behalf of Card and, and the Building 20 and, and the Women Against the Regime said that, you know, this is, this is not the, 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 the end of anything, this protest. It's certainly, it's certainly just continuing. And they said they, they won't go quietly until the club is sold. So do, do you think, you know, this all, all this surely at one point is going to add up and, and he's just going to have enough, surely?
6: Well, that's the million-dollar question, isn't it? I think that's the... Um No one actually knows what he's thinking is, you know, we don't know if he's adamant that he's going to keep it regardless of the protests or if one day, like you say, he's just going to go, I can't bother anymore, (laughs) I'd get rid of it sort of thing. But I don't know, we all sort of (coughs) hope and just try and just so he can sell it and so we can get someone else in who's going to, you know, make us what we were once and make us just have a nice squad and just... Just be a bit more harmonious around the place instead of it being so toxic all the time and Mm. won't have any of these protests. It would just be nice like it was many moons ago, it seems. Yeah,
4: I'd love to return to those <laughs> days, eh? Uh, right, Nigel uh, Pammance uh, says, good evening folks, yesterday the club laid on coaches to Northampton uh, which turns out not to be a 100% altruistic gesture because Tom Rubbershaw, the new communications person, contacted journalists Henry Winter and Mark Chapman asking them to mention it and to give the club credit. Understandably, the club wanted to get publicity out of what they were doing. Uh, Henry Winter and Mark Chapman decided to ignore the request. This is ironic, in a way, because Henry Winter published a big piece on Carl Robson only a couple of weeks ago. Now, on um, uh, on Thursday, I think it was. I got I got the same email from from uh, the, the club from a Charlton spokesperson as as th- those guys did as well. And I read it and I thought that that's not normally. Our, you know, Clubs put on free coaches for stuff all the time. They don't have to email email everyone to tell them it's happening. That, that, that should just be a gesture for the fans, not mm. a gesture for the media. Mm. So when I tweeted it out, I made sure it mentioned the, I mentioned in there as well that this is happening on the same weekend as a protest. Because yeah. I, I thought it was important that it, the, the statement gets out there that the fans know that this was going round as well. So I did put it out there. But with the caveat that it's happening on the same weekend as the protest. Uh, Nigel's email continues, This may seem ungrateful on the part of Henry Winter... But he would have been aware of many Charlton fans travelling to protest in Belgium, and perhaps Henry Winter and Mark Chapman felt they were at risk of being used and decided on this occasion not to go along with it. Uh, the upwards of 250 Charlton fans who went to Belgium gained a lot of free publicity. Uh, Nigel continues, May I suggest that Tom Rubbisho Tom joins in with Card, the coalition against Roland du Châtelet, and then he mm-hmm. might learn how to get a lot of publicity without looking like he's begging for it. I, re- I realise that there might be a conflict for Tom associating with a-, a group that is anti his employer but the upside is he would learn from people who have mastered the art of communication and publicity and might be able to... T- I, mean, I don't, want, we don't, we don't want to go too far into aiming this at one person to be honest Nigel I don't think that's particularly fair obviously can only, Tom can only do what his job is and that's yeah. to try and get a good story out so I think we've got to be careful... Uh, of just aiming this at one person maybe you know this is a regime we're dealing with here nigel and i don't particularly want to see that sort of thing like questioning someone's skills so i don't think it's fair uh he does continue there the belgian protests were simply excellent yet in the long uh, in the club long ago decided to dismiss the expertise inherent within the protesting body which seems to me like looking a gift horse in the mouth uh uh, uh, in, uh, with uh, Mel Baroni previously pitched PR and Tom Robeshow the club is spending supporters season ticket money on something they could have had for free uh, this leads me to the conclusion that a lot of activity from the club is insinc- insincere gestures in order to divert attention away from the real story which as you know is abject failure in an empty stadium this doesn't appear to worry Mr. Du Châtelet and makes me believe that Charlton Athletic is a club that hates its fans after all Mr. Du Châtelet by turn has described some fans as core actors Rowdy, bitter, dismissed troublemakers, uh, Don Menson, which means stupid people, protesters who are acting within uh, with no reason, and the latest is people who urinate vinegar <laughs> <It's so
6: random. laughs> yeah the That's descriptors so random.
4: Uh, the descriptors do not sound like the words of somebody who appreciates some of his fans, but as I said, it sounds like the words of our owner who hates many of his I mean that is the point like no amount of p r can play for i mean can pay can. Overshadowed the fact that um, as w- I remember when Katrine spoke about the, the you know what she spoke about out in Dublin that time, and people were saying it was her Gerald Ratner moment. Now I had to look it up at the time because I didn't know what it is, but it is because this is Gerald Ratner effectively came out and said something like his diamonds are, are worthless, and all of a sudden no one wanted to buy his diamonds. And this is what I mean they've come out and, and laid their cards on the table in terms of what their plan are, is for the for the club. And now Ronan's come out and laid his cards on the table and says that he hates Charlton fans. Effectively, that that's, that is effectively how it comes across. Obviously, hasn't hasn't used. Those words, but he doesn't certainly, you know, it's, it's the, the core actors of, of this protest. He, he shows a a, a a complete disregard for them, which is well, it's, it's that's not going to have people crawling back through the turnstiles, is it? Nah, and and they're the things people remember. uh Obviously,
5: the the whole PR thing. They're trying to make anything, you know, positive. That's uh, that's their job. That's what they're trying to do, and obviously the f- the free coaches they put on to Northampton are a positive but when you've got an owner coming out and slagging off fans when you've got a CEO coming out and saying that we're going to train players up and sell them on to to other clubs and we you know we're like customers those are the things that people remember because it's a criticism of, of themselves if they were coming out and saying oh the fans have been fantastic blah 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 that would be different but they're not they're coming out and criticizing Roland called it a war uh, and that's what it's become and unfortunately for, for those those PR guys in the middle, they, they've got to try and do their jobs but that's what it is now, it's a war between the club and the fans and uh, until he sells obviously the fans haven't won but it does feel every protest that goes past that they, they are just chipping that, that little bit away at him and
4: we, we will get the club back at some point and it's just a matter of, of when he caves. Uh, Nigel's email finishes off here I realise what I've written here is an opinion Maybe another listener can remind me of what is good about Athletic at the moment For me it isn't the present or the hope for the future All I have is good memories of the past Then again I was a season ticket holder for 45 consecutive years Up until the summer And maybe Mr Du is right to describe me as a bitter stupid person Who can produce vinegar for no reason Uh, So thanks for your email there Nigel That's a a good one there This one's from Louise who says I attended the protest with the war ladies We behaved and we avoided vinegar at all costs (laughs) Uh, great weekend, at well organised. That's from Alison, Jean, Cherry, and Louise, uh, who all the, who all went out there to uh, to Belgium. Uh, Danny Williams, who we we read out his email from the, uh, earlier about the protest, but he just wanted to add a bit more. He said a special, an extra special thanks to every Charlton fan who made the trip, and to those that supported the cause but couldn't make the trip. All fans, no matter where they were, Belgium or Northampton, uh, or Northampton want the best for 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 Charlton, and that's what we need to remember. And that is, I mean, we talk about. You know, what we want to remember, you know, the the splits in the fan base, which has been so, so, and it's horrible, really. We don't like seeing it. The arguments and the the falling out and, you know, forum wars or whatever it turns into. It's just, it's just a bit pathetic, really, isn't it? And, and we just want to get back to, we want to get back to being a harmonious club as much as we can be.
3: Yeah.
6: It's just everything. Just like the whole atmosphere around the place, even, you know, to this even to this uh, in, to this show in some extent that we're a bit more positive about it and not sort of talking about the upstairs we just focus more on the pitch and that sort of stuff do you know what I mean because that's what I want to get back to so we just everyone gets on and it's just like mm-hmm. nice and
4: struggle for content when that happens though so. oh yeah that's <laughs> the other. <only thing.
6: laughs> uh, yeah that is actually a downside <laughs>
4: <laughs> uh, uh, London Nick Giza says no one can fork Card's ability to get publicity for the cause well done to all involved and that obviously includes the, the Belgian 20 into war as well uh but, but you know between the the free the groups there and everyone else who gets involved they certainly you know like i say they i mean you know the club have their their pr department who send emails out but the so so do card and, and the belgian 20 and war they you know they send emails out press releases that's why you know they 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 help to arrange for people like bbc london to be on the coach to film stuff for the telly uh and um uh, and, and ITV was there. Uh, Seb Lewis says I'm personally not very keen on salt and vinegar crisps anymore. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I think that's most of the protest emails gone through. We've still got a fair few games, uh bits of game stuff to talk about as well. If you if you were, if you were on the protest and you want to uh, add anything to what we said so far, make sure you contact us. Uh, otherwise, we've got to look ahead to Tuesday's game with uh, Scunthorpe oh as well. Back, yeah, back in thirty seconds.
3: So am I still waiting for this world to stop hating? Can't find a good reason, can't find hope to believe in.
4: Freyher Grodd, can he get across into the new, he can't. Yeah. This cuts us to the post, yeah! yeah! This goes oh!
1: oh! to a goal! Yeah! Yeah! in the 96th minute! Charlton Live. The home, of time. the home of time. This is Maritime Radio Greenwich.
7: Let's not make Charlton now into a team uh,
6: who's going everywhere and must win and must be better than uh, the home side. Charlton
4: Live. Welcome back to Charlton Live here on your Sunday evening on Maritime Radio, uh, covering yesterday's uh, Unity protests and, of course, yesterday's 2 1 defeat in Northampton. um Yeah, we, we've had lots of, like we say, we've had lots of. Uh, correspondence about the protests uh, from people who were there in particular, which we found really interesting. There was a tweet going around yesterday, but I'm not certain really of the authenticity of it. Uh, I, d- I don't even know how to say that word. I, I wonder know. what that <laughs> word was. Authenticity of, uh, of, of the tweet. And this was a tweet from apparently. Uh, apparent like it, it appeared to show Standard okay. Age holding up uh, a mosaic of uh, the, the English flag. And the tweets implied that they were doing that in favour of us. Now, I haven't been able to verify that, so can't be certain. But if, if it was... I mean, that would be a very nice touch if the standard Liège fans were, were sort of showing uh, unity with the, with the Charlton fans and the St Trojan fans in, in their protest against uh, you know, the former standard Liège owner Ronald de Chateau
6: yeah, yeah I see There's um, on Twitter I was, I was looking at it all day yesterday and um, today, and you see, there's quite a lot of unity in terms of the St Trudem fans, and they went to the game. and mm. um, So, yes, yeah, it's, it's even even clubs over here. So, I think I've seen stuff from Coventry and Blackpool and stuff obviously supporting the cause of what everyone done yesterday. So, it's a unity from just football in general, <coughs> not even just clubs, isn't it? It's just mm. football, football fans in general.
4: Yeah, uh, right. Um, uh, London in Geezer says, right, boys. Uh, and this is again, this is a chance for the right boys. If it's right to keep Robinson, no matter how how bad we are at the moment, were you against the Fry sacking? And what's the difference? Now, I'll, I'll, I'm going to go first on this one before I let you two have a pop. But um, uh, on answering this one, now the clear difference between Carl Fry and Carl Robinson is Carl Robinson's uh, a, a manager with English Football League experience, who's won promotion from the league we're in currently. Right, obviously we're not going to beat around the bush and say we're doing well at the moment. We haven't won in eight games. We're not going to pretend we're not going to pretend that has, that isn't true. Um, if we stay up, well, for starters, if we if we swap the manager, and I'll, I've talked a lot about on on this show about um, you know consistency of managers and being able to to build up a squad, build a, a team playing in your own way. We obviously obviously what's happening right now isn't good enough, but in my view, you know going forward next season, if we keep the same manager who can get his ethos around the club, you know that's got to be the best way. And Carl Robinson has proved himself. Yeah, you know, before I mean, people will say money, this or how long it took time that, but he has got promoted out of a division, and that's not easy to do. Um, so that's why I mean, that's why for me it's straight away different from from, uh, from Carol Fry. I mean, Carol had no English football league experience. Obviously, the run of results one is very similar to the one we're on currently, but you know, also we're a lot nearer the end of the season now. and I, th- I think uh, Carol got sacked in January. You know, we're now we're now in March. So there's probably le- less time for someone new to come in and to get their own ideas on and to change things around. So that, yeah, that's that's my view why it's different. Um, uh, London, it, Mike, uh, Mike Tyson also asked if London, if Ronan doesn't care if we win games then why has he sacked six managers and that's a confusing thing to me because he has sacked six managers but he, it, it does seem to be a feeling that he doesn't he, like he, he puts certain things about pr- like promoting youth players above winning football games because the, the way he goes around so that's why the, the sacking of the managers doesn't really add up and it's ju- it's just bizarre and confusing
5: I think that's it. Just that must just come out of I don't know frustration I guess and he just you know, he gets annoyed, and he's like, oh. "I don't, I don't think it's that he doesn't care about the results. I think that, as you say, that's just not his primary concern. So obviously, when we lose, it's his business, and when we lose, that's gonna be annoying. And when that keeps happening, I understand why he pulls the trigger. But as you say, I think there's yeah. other things he prioritizes more yeah. than the results.
4: I mean, clearly, because he doesn't turn out to watch any games. Exactly. I mean, supposedly he watches the games on the, on the stream, which. Which, which, which you can, yeah, which you can get. I mean, like, say so he wasn't watching that game when he was eating his breakfast. No, exactly. He was eating his birthday lunch, was he? Uh, Freddie Saunders says Carl Robertson has won promotion, but he's never saved the side from relegation. And I, I understand what you're mm-hmm. saying there in terms of like a relegation battle. That's probably a slightly, that's you know, an experience that he's had once before, and that was last season and they got relegated. Mm-hmm. Well, Russell, I don't think Russell Slade got a team promoted, did he? No, Russell Slade never has. No, so, so yeah,
6: so. It's, yeah, it's a- in theory, it'd be the other way round wouldn't it? You'd have Cole at the beginning and then bring Russell in and yeah. <laughs> save at the end. go <laughs> we well, the wrong way round. Well, well I don't
4: think Russell hasn't proved himself as a manager. He can save someone from relegation, <laughs> yeah. judging by his second <laughs> today, is Well, he? We,
6: uh, <laughs> we're taking him to Wembley.
4: <laughs> so yeah, cheers for that, mate. Off you go. <laughs> so you can have some random per yeah. Well, not random. Yeah, Baz Johnster on the forum says Boyd uh, uh, Robertson does spout some utter drivel. Uh, v- uh, VFS says, uh, Charlton sliding to relegation under Robinson. Sticking with Robinson will lead Charlton into League 2. The team has gone from organised to looking clueless and not knowing what to do on the pitch. I think Jason Yule and Johnny Jackson should be given a try. Charlton needs someone who can rally the whole club. Johnny Jackson is a great character. Only thing in the end will really help is Duchatelet sending the club. Uh, it says, great coverage of the unity protest and fantastic effort of all involved. And that's, uh, that's for Joe, that is. I think he, he, he went out there and got that... Um, Got that recording for us, which was uh, which was really good. Uh, right, back on the emails. Right, um. Danny New, uh, Mark Newbury sorry Mark says uh, evening boys commiserations for having to keep trying to find positives from our games you have my sympathy <laughs> all round <laughs> I don't think we found any positive oh, no, we found the positive yesterday that we scored and the bloke falling over yeah. and, uh, and, the, yeah, and, and Ricky Holmes knocking the steward over yeah. with a shot
6: and, uh, and they sold 15 packets of Quavers for 80p didn't they did. Did
5: did yeah. they did they? centre of Northampton Poundland 80p for
4: 15 bags yeah. well, it can't have been Poundland if it was 80p no, that's, that's what we were confused about yeah. it absolute bargain well, I might go back mm. <laughs> <laughs> Mark says I wasn't able to get to Northampton as I've been nursing Mrs. Chef this week uh, by picking up snotty tissues Mm. Uh, it seemed a better option than watching our capitulation in games Cole alluded to it last week about people not caring and you've said about not uh, not wanting a fight uh, who in particular do you think? Asking, as we shouldn't be shy to name the shirkers, as we are uh, as we are quick to praise when they do well. <laughs> so they should be big enough and tough enough to be named. We've gone for upon the same run as us. Uh, it makes Tuesday an interesting battle. Expect KR to be gone Wednesday morning with Company Man put in charge until the end of the season. It says PS, Tommy had a nice looking curry at some point.
5: Oh, delicious! Yeah, yeah, excellent. Uh, cheers, uh, cheers, Mark.
4: Yeah, I mean we we the the naming name things. In terms of the the shirker as, as as Mark's called it, or you know, the 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 sixty percent, the forty uh, no, percent, Carl yeah. said, uh, you know, and we, we we tried to do some guessing based on what he said on Tuesday in terms of players from Champions League clubs, Premier League, Championship clubs, and then also tried to do a little bit of guessing based on who didn't come out mm. yesterday. Although so McGinnis didn't come out yesterday, he, like he doesn't tend to fit into that that bracket of coming from anywhere like a decent club. He came from Kilmarnock. but then yeah. obviously you got to Share, who I've you know. Sometimes you sort of question his his is battle for it at times, and obviously he's making mistakes as well. But in terms of, without without knowing who it is, it's, some, it's, it's quite difficult to to say mm. for certain either way, really, mm. isn't
5: it? Yeah, I think again, it is all speculation. But the the longer it goes on, and the the more hints and clues we get to share,er seems to be seems to be one of those that's pretty likely. Um, but then you know, despite my love affair for him, we called out Olverstad on Thursday, and then he was back in the side on mm. Saturday, and okay he wasn't brilliant but he showed that class on the ball again so is he part of it or not McGuinness was you know a fan's favourite after that hat trick two months ago now he looks unfit he doesn't look interested and as you say he didn't come out yesterday so it seems to change week by week you look at someone like Tony Watt as well Come comes back and everyone's right behind him but what's he offered us since he came back really he's, he's tweeting away about all this happy stuff you said it after the game jumping around he's tweeting before the game you know a sort of banter with with the other players but on the pitch he's not really offering anything so Mm. you could I think you could make a case for more than 40% of that team but as you say there's no we haven't got any proof as to who they are exactly
4: I can't wait uh, how we've got into such a mess it's just, just the worst time possible yeah. just just as we could be that team why couldn't we've waited a month to just fall apart just so we couldn't get sucked into this relegation but I'd rather we'd floated near the playoffs and then fell apart than mm. the way we've done it obviously because we'd be hiring the table <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather we won
5: the game just to, we were saying yeah. last night that weren't we that the last game of the season against Swindon and like there's a big possibility that that could be such a huge game I hope not Gilliam at home's could be yeah. won a couple by then and we we're all done <laughs> but it could be massive
4: Marcus emails in says relegation battle yes we are Robinson is clutching at straws he's lost the dressing room and trying to save his job he's said too much and the players have turned on him it's desperate times it will get worse before it gets better now Richard Church has said uh, on losing the dressing room hi guys uh, R. E. Robinson just think about how frustrated we fans are with the ridiculous rhetoric we've heard from Robinson the question can't be has he lost the dressing room the question has to be now how how can he not have lost the dressing room based on it based on these comments from Richard Church or the best. I mean, well, we, we've discussed it briefly already, but I mean, like I say, those comments were sink or swim time for me. And the fact that we came out and the reaction I saw was not the reaction that I feel the ma- the manager said he saw. Mm. You know, it suggests to me that I, I think he sort of play, played his, played played all these cards with that with what he said on Tuesday, and he didn't he didn't. Get a full house, did he
6: on on Saturday? No, no, and that's what I'm, it's on Thursday when we done the predictions. I said, we're, I thought we were going to get a reaction and win the game and then push on. But if that was the reaction that Carl was looking for, then um, we haven't really got much to look forward to for the rest of the season. Then, to be honest, but um, yeah, I just don't. He, he, I don't know where he goes now because obviously he's t- yesterday he came out and was sort of like, oh yeah, I got a reaction because. Was that partly due to because, oh, I've slated them already. I can't really do it again. Or does he honestly believe that was a reaction to what you saw? I don't think he honestly believes that. But I don't think he wanted to slate them two, 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 day, or two games in a row personally. And then
4: when you see it from the other side, I mean... You know, managers do come out and protect their players sometimes. Someone emailed earlier saying, "You know, it's it's not unlike Merino after a bad result to go and blame the fact that a pigeon flew over or there has been raining or something." Like, it will come out and deflect and and mm. and protect players. And you know, and, and that is something that managers do. And I, I can, but you know, at the same time, you understand why fans say uh, they find it difficult. I mean, even Carl said in his interview yesterday. If you go back go back in, on the podcast and listen to it, he, he sort of said, "You, know, I, I don't, it's, I don't mind if people don't like me and what I say." I do wonder if he's just implying that that's why he's prote- he's, he's protecting the players and not that. Because, I mean, a lot of the stuff we're getting, emails and tweets and whatnot tonight, has been aimed at Carl and not aimed at the players. So, in a way, he probably has protected the players because, you know, there hasn't been a great deal of, of, of stick for them. It's more for the manager, it seems to me.
6: Yeah, and that's what I mean. It's, but it's, it's only so many times we can sort of like, moan about him or the players, though, and it's... I don't I just it just because it's the same every. Se- it just seems it's the same stuff every week, and it's the same the, the rhetoric words bounced about a lot. But it's because we're it's just because we're losing games, and when he comes out with that stuff, it does wow people up the wrong way, and it because it sounds so, so much like Groundhog Day, I think that's obviously what winds people up to their mm. to their limits, but. um yeah i don't, i don't really know what else to say yeah. to i don't know what he can He's say just, that wouldn't wind people no. up after yeah.
5: you 've lost four in a row yeah. he comes he out say? one day and slags off the players and then he comes out the next time and takes the responsibility for himself He can say what whatever yeah. but when you 've lost four in a row when you 're in this run you've got people you know halfway across Europe protesting about the state of the club you 've been relegated. you put all of this together is not someone you 've just got to get angry because you care about the club and yeah. Whether you're directing it at him or the players, it
4: doesn't really matter at the end of the day. Yeah. Garmi head chef says, uh, "If Carl's lost in room as he looked down the side of the sofa, that's where I find my keys." Boom, boom. Thanks for that, Mark. Stick stick to in, I say. <laughs> 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 Running time to go. in. <laughs> <laughs> When you see players on Twitter before the game, Tony Watton takes at one o'clock, it's not that hard to know that some of them are within the forty percent. London Eagle says, "You guys are pros. Good answers. Loving the debate. I can't stand Robertson in any way, shape or form. You may have guessed that. That's true. <laughs> it's <laughs> the First
6: time I've been a called a pro. <laughs> yeah,
4: in any walk of life. Very, very generous. <laughs> it <won't mate>. work. <laughs> <laughs> but But yeah, no, we uh, we live. Uh, the, the show works off tweets uh, from from you guys coming in and, and debating and all that. Mm. So thanks, thanks for that stuff. Uh, MICFC says, can we get a photo of every stand after 10 minutes on Tuesday? I'm going to count the actual attendance. We're going to get my daughter, st- my, my Stato daughter to count the real attendance uh, because he hates the fact that we put out one that seems slightly overestimated, which has obviously got the season tickets and that in it. Right, mm-hmm. Bob Knight says, hi. Uh, whilst we've been shipping goals a lot lately, you defend as a team. The problem for me is the lack of a good holding midfielder. Cross hasn't got the legs to do the job. He gets caught out all the time, just getting there too late. There's no protection in front of the back four. I just can't understand when people say we have the quality to stay up. There is not the quality needed. Uh, but probably the bigger problem is consistency. Just because a player may have, uh, have a decent game or two, our players are uh, playing at this level because during their career, they've not been good enough to do it week in, week out. You need players with a desire to play at a higher level and want to succeed. The manager has shown he is more concerned about his image than our team. Uh, if, as it appears, he has lost the dressing room, then he's not the man. How can you give him the summer transfer window with the rubbish he bought in in January until Roland's gone? We have no hope. And that's from, from Bob Knight. I mean, he's, he's mentioned Croft saying... he's mentioned the sort of midfield I and mean, the midfield was certainly something we were always talking about at the start mm. of the season uh, you know, do, you, do you think it's progressed, regress, as the season's gone on?
6: I think he's added good additions I think JFC's good um, but I still think we've I said it like, as you said earlier the season I still think we, we're we missing a really agile pacey central midfielder to get, who gets about in terms of the fair, turning uh, getting the ball in a defensive position and driving with the ball mm. so you turn it into an offensive sort of movement, someone like a Jordan Cousins. Um that's what I think we la I mean in terms of like JF like JFC's a creator, you know, we've got Jair Rebo who should get games here and there. Um but that's the big, big, big miss for me is is someone like that. But um and, and obviously the width once Addy left, we used we were saying if Addie does go, he's more or less like two players, he's that good and we've not replaced him. So I don't really know um, obviously we got burning but um, which he looks really uncomfortable right back by the way <laughs> yeah <laughs> actually sorry. I'm saw so these back on
4: Tuesday that's three games yeah, now, yeah. I think Either yeah, so, yeah I think think so. we, we were saying thank you for that oh. <laughs> Uh, right the president on the chat on live forum says I'm still out in St Trudent and uh, we were on local uh, Lindbergh TV tonight he sent us a link so I'll, I'll try and tweet that out after the show but uh, it's good to see you're still out there I'm hoping uh, you know, for, for all the, um, the planning and, and whatnot and, and the, the raw emotion that's gone into this protest from everyone who's gone out there I, I do hope you're having a nice time as well mm. uh, Mr the President and uh, I, I hope you're enjoying your evening I know you've got uh, he's one of the ones out there who's made plenty of contacts with the locals and pro- probably helped in a way to, to get St Trudent to start their own protest group because these sort of things take a lot of a lot of work. So, now I hope you're enjoying your time out there. Now, uh, TCE uh, TCE says start the show again, please. I've just got home. Uh, <laughs> podcast for you there, <laughs> uh, and Carly Byrne. And that's not Carl Byrne. that's Carly Byrne on the forum. Says it's good of Carl to take yesterday's result on one of his chins and actually take some responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Quite good, Charlie Barnes. Charlie Barnes was, uh, was out in the protest yesterday, he says it was a great time, really, uh, really felt positive with the atmosphere. Everyone was really chanting their hearts out. For the cause, and like I say, uh, for, the, for those of you who did go out there, you know, I hope, I hope for you know, for, the, uh, for all the reasons you went out there, I do hope you actually had a good time as well. Uh, Roland, time to go says, "Oh well, season ends, loans go back, and we start again. Same old, round and round we go." And I mean, it, 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 Roland, time to go, sweet. That's a few times throughout the season. I agree with that 100 percent because if you look at the longevity of our squad, I mean, Carl talked about it in January. He wanted certain players to sign on contracts, and we got for Sikaski and Page. But in terms of who from this squad is going to be here next season? It's, it's going to be. There's probably going to be ten players going in and out, maybe even more. I mean, that that is the lack of consistency, which means you can't build that team mentality and that getting used to playing with each other. I mean, we were so lucky with the last time we got out in uh, of League One with, with 101 points. That, I mean, the players all came in quite early in that pre-season, pretty much. But to hit the ground running like we did was that was a bit of a fluke, if we're being honest. Mm. Like t- that, that doesn't often happen with a, an entirely new squad. Mm. But that's what I mean. Yeah, Chrissy Chris,
6: built a team. Not just a squad of players he built. You know, you everyone bought into the whole, the whole vision of what the club wanted to do, how they wanted to achieve it, how we wanted to play. Everyone knew their jobs. Whereas here, and at the, well, the way it is at the moment, they just look, they just don't look like they know what they're doing in terms of. In in terms of positioning or in terms of offensive movement, then we just look like we we just like a, a load of randoms just put sort of pushed into a team, and it, it just looks very disjointed. So, but yeah, he, he needs he needs, a, he needs that window. He needs something to build because there's no point. Yeah, and, he in to, and he needs all the be, time. he needs to
4: be backed properly yeah. in that window, and that's the. I mean, even, even if Carl gets the <clears> end of the season. And we go, right, here's the, here's the clean-out that he, he talked about wanting to do on Tuesday. Will he be allowed to... Statist- I mean, history shows, no. Mm. History shows, no. And that's why, you know, that's why some people feel so lost at the moment because even if he gets to the end of the season and he scouts all the players he wants I mean, have we even got the same scouting network we had when Mm. when Chris Powell was here to do all that no we haven't history shows that we won't get a full squad we'll get a few players but we won't get a full squad
5: and if that's the case you know you could have anyone in charge you put Mourinho in charge it's not going to make a difference because We need a squad. It's the same problem this year, like you say. We did okay in January. A couple of players brought in, but we needed six or seven. And and we lost some key players as well. uh, Goal scoring, Fox. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We said uh, when we did uh, straight after the transfer window closed, and we said we basically, a player went out and we replaced him with somebody else. And that's all we did. We didn't bolster the squad, really. We just got players in to to fill gaps. And Mm. the squad was already had enough gaps before that anyway.
6: And if we, you know, we were just flirting with um, playoffs. Imagine if we had those extra two, three, four players. Yeah, that could have been the difference of us
4: pushing and making those playoffs instead yeah. of to yeah. where we are now. Shocking, isn't it? Said Lewis. says the fact that Pally got that squad together and performing so quickly makes this slump even more upsetting. And I know exactly what what Seb was talking about there because it just feels. Four years ago, so much hard work went into us getting promoted, I and mean, there, there was trouble behind the scenes even then mm. un- under a different regime. But you know, as as, as a squad and as a, a management team, there was so much hard work that that, in, that went into getting us promoted and getting us promoted so healthfully as well. And as fans, we all, we all went through the ringer with it, but we enjoyed it so much. And now it's just it's all gone to waste. Mm. And what a waste! What a waste! We could be you know, this time next year, we could be even lower than where we were when we won that promotion, and that's and that's just. Shocking. It's ridiculous. Shocking to think about. Right. Murray Anderson emails in, Carl Robinson was only brought in by the regime to manage the sale of Adamo Lelukman and to smooth things over with the fans as the owner pockets the cash. He did the same at MK Dons with Deli Alley. In return, he gets to promote himself by keeping a high media profile and set himself up for the next job when he's inevitably uh, relieved uh, of his duties in the summer. Um, when one of Roland's lackeys will undoubtedly take up the reins, one of them is already on the coaching staff. You know, I saw Old uh, O'Loughlin sticking out the cones yesterday, and if he, you almost forget he's here, but he is here, and is very much within part of the conversation. I mean, there was at one point during the second half, I, I looked down to the uh, uh, the dugout, and there was uh, Robinson chatting with O'Loughlin and with Jackson and with his assistant Barker all at the same time, all four of them making a decision, which is. You know, it obviously didn't work. Whatever the decision was, because we <laughs> put... <laughs> right. just, just when we started to get really pony for the last twenty minutes, just working decision. where they were going
5: to go for dinner. Yeah,
4: sure. Right, uh, we have got an email from Matt Riggs, but because we're running out of time, I don't think we have a chance to read it out properly. But what he is pointing out, he, he went to a game yesterday, a non-league game, Conference South, Hemel Hempstead, uh, where Matt Spring was playing for Hemel Hempstead, uh-huh. uh, and but playing for their opposition, a chance to see it was Chris Dixon. So then he decided he's decided to go, and apparently Dixon scored a. Uh, scored two equalisers for Chelmsford to only side of 2-2 draw. His second one, in particular, brilliant, a superb free touch flick up and overhead kick uh, in injury time. And he's gone through and in and, and sort of listed with Michael Smith scoring against us yesterday. It's prompted him to have a look at of our former players all over the football league. Uh, so it, I'll, 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 I'll try and read that on Thursday to give it his full because he's, he's he's put some decent research into that. But obviously the amount of our ex players, I mean, Morgan Fox. We pointed scoring, out a few, didn't we? Yesterday. Yeah, Morgan mm. Fox scoring for uh, for Sheffield Wednesday yesterday. Igor scoring for St. Trude, and Jan, Jan scored for for Reading. Uh, that's just certainly a way to, to kick you in the teasers and just what you want. <laughs> yeah. Right, okay. So uh, back back at home on Tuesday night, just for the last three minutes of the show. Uh, a game against Scunthorpe and the Scunthorpe have, have had a real wobble of mm. recent I, th- I think they're on a very similar winless run to our 7 or 8 games they've, yeah they've not mm.
6: won since the 28th of January same yeah. as us
4: but they're a much better team mm. yeah. than we are <laughs> we, I mean we beat we beat them in the FA Cup in one of the more entertaining games we had under Russell Slade and we matched them ironically up at their place in a nil-nil draw but you know, they in that FA Cup game in particular here at the Valley they play some some lovely stuff and it's so, I mean, if, if they can get back onto the horse quicker than we can Uh, we're going to be here for (laughs) another difficult game. Mm.
5: Yeah I think teams just look at us as a chance to bounce back out of those runs now Um, I think if they come here uh, every manager's just got to say the same thing just push up early, press them high early on you'll force a mistake, you'll get a goal and the confidence will go. Uh, I don't see why this will be any different, obviously I hope it will Um, you know you've got to feel that at some point this losing streak's got to change but as you say they've, they haven't won since 28th of January and yet they've only just dropped out of the automatic uh, promotion places so it shows what a good start to the season they had <laughs> yeah. and what a good side they are so
4: Charlton yeah. uh, so, looking to bounce back it'll be interesting to see uh, how Cole uh, sort of changes his line up if he does and what not uh, for Tuesday evening's game right we've uh, we've come to the end of tonight's Charlton Live it's been a, another fascinating show with so many great emails and tweets coming in we're really grateful for, for mm, all of you who've listened and sent the stuff in uh, on yesterday's game and of course on the, uh, the the Unity protest, massive thanks to Joe Reed who, who went out of his way to uh, record interviews with with everyone out there and to record a diary so we could get a real feel uh, for what it was like out there in Belgium uh, Right, uh, Tom Wallin, thank you for joining us on Charlton Live Cheers Louis, in. thanks everyone. Nathan Muller Cheers mate. Uh, it's, uh, I've been Louis Mendes, this has been Charlton Live. The three of us. Hopefully, we'll be back on, on Thursday evening uh, with the big match preview. As we look back at whatever happens against Gunthorpe and look ahead to who, who are we play next Saturday. We'll also at home. So yeah, much more fun to look forward to. We'll see you on Thursday night. Thanks for listening to Charlton Live. Oh God, let's hope we don't get relegated. <laughs>